0: Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry, on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw.
1: Suddenly now the Holy Spirit stopped them from it. Guys, you might think that you have the right plan, that you're following the very mind of God, and then bam, everything falls apart right in front of you, and there's some insurmountable barricade right in front of you that you can't get over or around. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Maybe in your personal life, and maybe in areas of ministry.
0: As Christians, we live to do the will of God and what He calls us to do. We know that He has promised great rewards for following Him to the end, and we get excited about the places He'll take us. Today, Pastor David takes you to the book of Acts to show you that sometimes God shuts a door in your face that you aren't to go through. You'll be encouraged to continue to trust in God for His sovereignty no matter how badly you want to go a different direction. Do you trust God to direct every step of your life? Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 16 as he begins his message, Disappointment with God.
1: in the book of Acts. We are now in chapter 16. We've been working through the book of Acts now for a while, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We are now in chapter 16, If you were with us last week and the previous week, you know that a division has occurred within this missionary team of Barnabas and Paul. They uh, got into a bit of a contention, a very strong, a sharp contention, Luke says, over the issue of bringing the young man John Mark on a second missionary trip. Well, after they had gone their separate ways, Barnabas one direction, Paul the other. Actually, Barnabas takes with him John Mark. They travel to the island of Cyprus, which is actually the home country or the hometown of Barnabas. They travel to Cyprus, the hometown of Barnabas, while Paul now picks up another missionary companion to travel with him, man by the name of Silas. And they go to Syria and Cilicia, as Luke tells us there at the end of chapter 15, strengthening the churches. So from this point on in the book of Acts, we really don't hear any more about Barnabas. Uh, We really don't hear any more about John Mark at all. And it's not that they went against God's will. Some people say, well, there was this disagreement between these two brothers and Barnabas picked the wrong choice. He went the wrong direction. I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that God was working in two different men, two different ways, and they realized this is the time that we just simply separate. You go the way that God is leading you. I'll go the way that God is leading me. So we see this going on. The the information that we have in the book of Acts, yes, it's filled with the things of Paul's journey. I understand that, with nothing about Barnabas. But that's because Luke actually joins the team of Paul. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts, and so he's now got this first-hand information that as he writes, he's there with Paul during much of his other journeys. We actually see this, uh, this coming in of Luke here in chapter 16, and it happens sometime between verse 8 and verse 10. We see that prior to verse 9 as Luke is writing about the missionary journeys of Paul, he writes about the fact that they, they went here, they did that. He writes again in that third person plural, and he's speaking of someone else at that point. Then when you drop down to, Beginning in verse 10, we realize he changes and now he's speaking in the first person plural as he uses the words us and we. So, sometime in that time frame, Luke joins the team and he continues with them for a while. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's go ahead and go back to verse one of chapter 16, because we're gonna find out that very quickly there's another missionary assistant that joins that team, a young man by the name of Timothy. Verse one of chapter 16 of the book of Acts, we read, and then he, speaking of the apostle Paul, not only Paul, but also along with him, Silas, but Luke writes, then he came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. For they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities they delivered to them the decrees to keep which was determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem so the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily so as Paul and Silas they begin now what is Paul's second missionary journey they travel back to the area of Derby and Lystra, two cities that Paul had ministered to on that first missionary journey. Remember during that earlier missionary trip with Barnabas by his side there, they had gone to Derby after Lystra. Now they're going to Derby first, then Lystra. But what had happened when they were at Lystra, that's when the Apostle Paul got stoned with rocks, okay? That's when, again, the Jews came against him and tried to put him to death by stoning. As a matter of fact, they figured he was dead, they drug him outside of the city and left him for dead there in Lystra. And if you remember, it was in Lystra, that's where the lame man was that, again, the Lord, through the apostle, had healed this man. The people of Lystra that were so steeped in their pagan religion of these Greek and Roman gods, suddenly, thought that Barnabas and Paul were Zeus and Hermes, and they began worshiping them as these pagan gods started to sacrifice to them. And of course, Paul and Barnabas said, no, don't do that. That's not who we are. And at about that time, also these Jews came up, from Antioch, who had been giving them a hard time anyway, and they again persuaded the people against Paul and Barnabas. That's when the people grabbed Paul, took him out of the city, and stoned him, leaving him for dead. Now, as bad of a reception as Paul had received that first time that he went to Lystra, it still didn't deter him from on the second missionary journey to go back to Lystra, to go back and start ministering to the people of that city. I don't know, About you. But if I was in a town and they tried to execute me, I'm not sure I would be really quick to go back there or not. But then Paul wasn't being led by the flesh. He was being led by the spirit. And some had heard the word that Paul had preached. Some had believed and become Christians at that point. So now he's going back to minister to those. This city that is so immersed in paganism and all of this Greek and Roman culture, and yet Paul goes back there, and while he's there in Lystra, that's when he comes in contact with this young man by the name of Timothy. Now Luke kind of gives us a short biography of Timothy in the first three verses or so. So some of the things that we learn about this young man, and in verse one, we realize he is now a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. When and how that happened? Did it happen while Paul was there or after that? We don't know for sure. But he is now a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also find out that his mother was a Jew who was now a believer. She had come to a saving knowledge of Christ herself. We also find out in verse one that his mom sometime earlier on in her life She had gone against her Jewish heritage. She had gone against her upbringing and looks like she had probably married a pagan, a Greek. Uh, Greek was the father of Timothy. And from that, we can kind of assume the fact that Timothy was probably raised in a divided religious belief home, a home with two different directions, the Jewish belief and this pagan belief. And rather, again, his mom had backed down from her Judaism or not, we don't know for sure. But one thing we also find out is that Timothy himself had not been circumcised according to the Jewish law and tradition. But we do know now that he is a believer. Verse two tells us that in the strength of his faith in Christ, He is well known of good reputation, both in his city in Lystra, and also in the neighboring city of Iconium. So here's this young man, and he is going to become a very trusted companion of the Apostle Paul. We're going to see him all through the rest of the ministry of Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul writes about him a lot about the impact of Timothy, their relationship together. He writes to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul refers to him as my beloved son. In Timothy, as he's writing to Timothy himself in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul calls Timothy my own son in the faith. It's passages like these that lead a lot of people to believe that, well, maybe Paul was the one that led him to Christ, but I believe more than anything, the fact that we don't read much more about his father who was Greek Perhaps his father either passed away or somehow left and was not on the scene anymore. And it became this deal of this older man walking with this younger man, and he takes on that position, that admiration, that support as a father to a son. We see that within their relationship. Whatever the case, by the time Paul makes contact with him here in chapter 16, Timothy is considered to be a disciple of the Lord and he's well thought of by his peers. Undoubtedly, there had been some spiritual growth in the young man's life and Paul points again to that impact, that growth in his life and actually he gives credit to Timothy's mother and his grandmother. It'd be a great Mother's Day message, wouldn't it, ladies? But that's not where we're going. Uh, But the truth is, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy about the genuineness of the faith that's in him, which was also in his grandmother Lois and within his mother Eunice. So these two women had poured into his life in a powerful way. According to the passage in 2 Timothy chapter three, young Timothy was also very aware of many, if not most all of the trials that the apostle Paul had had within his life. Again, Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter three states these things. He says, Timothy, you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, the purpose, my faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. You followed my persecutions, my afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which is where Timothy was from. Paul says, you've seen those things, the persecutions which I've endured. Paul also shared again the gratefulness that he had for the ministry of Timothy with other churches. He writes to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter two, he says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state." He was going to send Timothy, his trusted ambassador or emissary to Philippi because he trusted Timothy, that Timothy would go and see the situation and come back and let Paul know how things were going in Philippi. As a matter of fact, Paul tells the church in Philippi, he says, I have no one else that is so like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know Timothy's proven character that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. So all of these coming together, the importance of Timothy with that ministry. But one of the things that we see here is, though his mother and his grandmother were Jewish, his father was a Greek, And for whatever reason, whatever the situation was in life, Timothy never was circumcised as a Jew. And it's for that reason that Luke shares with us there in Acts 16, verse 3, that Paul wanted to have him go with him, and he took him and he circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. Now, that might be a lot of confusion for some because we're in chapter 16. Well, it was chapter 15 of Acts where we have the Jerusalem council. And remember the Jerusalem council, the leaders of the church there in Jerusalem says, look, you don't need to be circumcised. That's not an issue anymore. And some say, well, why now is Paul having Timothy circumcised in the midst of it? Well, the fact is, is yes, Timothy was Jewish. The area, the region that he lived in, they knew that he was Jewish and they knew that his father was Greek, and for him to be able to minister to other Jews during that time, there were going to be problems with that, possibly even closed doors with the fact that he was not circumcised. Now with that, you're probably wondering, well, how would everybody know that he's not circumcised? (laughs) It's a great question, I'm glad you asked. But let's move on, Uh, no. (laughs) We think in our 21st century mindset, and as perverse as our own culture is, there's still a bit of modesty within the general public right now. A whole lot different than it was with first century Roman Empire. First century Roman Empire had public bathhouses. First century Roman Empire had open latrines and no modesty panels at all. Fairly soon, it would come to notice of somebody that he was uncircumcised, and once that word got out, again, the problems might come along. Now, you need to understand, Timothy was already saved. His circumcision had nothing to do with his salvation, but it had everything to do with him as a Jew not being a stumbling block for the message of the gospel to other Jews, So now, with the rite of circumcision being taken care of for Timothy, the missionary team moves forward, and with that, so shall we. We'll leave this painful subject in the past, and we'll move on to verse four. I remember years ago, we were talking about circumcision on something, and a young lady in the congregation in her young teen years came up to me right after the service, and said, Pastor, what is circumcision? I said, talk to your mother, talk to your mother. Happy Mother's Day, yeah. (laughs) Verse four, as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. This had to be a time of, man, just joy in the Lord, going back to these churches where, again, there had been such a hard time going in and giving, such a pushback, the persecution that was there, and yet people had come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Now they're coming back, they're strengthening these churches, and these churches are now growing daily in the Lord. By and large. They were now moving pretty much through, again, friendly territory, at least familiar territory. They were speaking with friendly crowds as they came to the churches. The churches were being strengthened, but they were also reaching outside of those churches because it says that many were coming to the Lord. The church was growing daily. Now, as we move on, this next portion of Scripture actually has a bit of peculiarity about it. It deals with believing that you have the mind of God moving forward and then your way being blocked and the Holy Spirit himself blocking what you believe God is calling you to do. When you honestly commit your way to the Lord, you ask him to direct your path. Have you ever found times in your life where he actually begins to block your way? He's directing and then suddenly, bam, a roadblock, a barricade comes in the way of what you thought that God was leading you toward. Let's look at how the apostle Paul handled this situation. Look with me beginning in verse six. Now when they, and that's the missionary team, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were, what does your version say, church? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia they tried to go into Bithynia. But what does it say? The spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia they came down to Troas. First of all that first region Phrygia and Galatia now that's two major regions in the country that we now know of as Turkey, okay? and as Paul and Silas and Timothy began uh, ministering to the churches there, uh, they're being led by the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt that God had given Paul, or Paul believed that God had given him at least a certain plan of where and when they ought to be going, what they ought to be speaking. Undoubtedly, he had submitted those plans to the Lord. He fully understood, again, the words of the writer of Proverbs, when in Proverbs 16, we read the words that a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Because suddenly, the plans that he thought were right were somehow blocked, somehow and in some way, and Luke doesn't tell us how, but somehow the Holy Spirit brought a blockade against the plans of Paul not allowing him to do apparently what he felt that God was calling him to do. He wanted to go up into Asia and proclaim the gospel. What a great thing to proclaim the gospel up in that area. But suddenly now the Holy Spirit stopped them from it. Guys, you might think that you have the right plan, that you're following the very mind of God, and then bam, everything falls apart right in front of you, and there's some insurmountable barricade right in front of you that you can't get over or around. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, maybe in your personal life and maybe in areas of ministry. I've had multiple times in my life, both personally and in ministry, and I wish I could tell you that when that happened, when that blockade came, that stop came, that I was able to simply sit back and say, well, Lord, apparently that's not where you wanted me to go. So I'll just kind of hang out till you show me where you want to go. But more than that, I was actually more like that kid in the grocery store. You know, the kid in the grocery store that asks his mom for a piece of candy? And mom says, no, you don't need any candy, it'll rot your teeth out. And you start kicking and screaming and crying and hollering, but I want that candy, I want that candy. And your mom knows better for you. She said, no, you cannot have it. And you keep screaming, that's more like what I was. Wondering why my mom didn't love me enough to give me the candy. Wondering why suddenly God stopped moving in my life and won't let this go the way that I think it ought to go. Have you ever been there? I think probably many of us, if not most of us, have felt God moving in one direction, various and assorted times in our lives, and then suddenly a blockade comes. But here, you need to understand, it's not that what you're wanting to do or the direction that you're going is something bad. No, that's a whole nother issue. No, what I'm talking about is when you feel the Lord is directing you and you begin moving in that direction and suddenly the door slams shut hard and loud. I'm not gonna bore you with all the times that that happened in my life or in the ministry, but I've gotta tell you that every day I am so glad that the Lord said no with a very hard slammed door in a particular situation and then sovereignly by his hand, he actually led me to the woman that he had chosen for me for my whole life. The woman that I believe since the very foundations of the world, he determined to put in my life as my wife. Now for a season, I thought it was another young woman. And I pursued that young woman very hard, and bam, the door was shut in my face, and I had no idea why. But then God, through a series of steps, took me to a place where I would have never have met her, and yet through God's hand, he brought Tot and I together.
0: We're so glad you could be with us today as we opened God's Word and dove into the goodness and truth the Bible contains. If you've missed any part of today's message in Acts, we encourage you to refer to our website, calvarycg.org. Once there, you can browse our library of audio as well as learn more about the ministry of the Open Word. We'd love to hear from you about how God's working in your life. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If you prefer accessing information through social media, visit our Facebook page and keep up to date with all that's happening at The Open Word. Just go to theopenword.com. You'll be directed right to our page. You'll be able to explore more of Pastor David's audio there as well. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share
1: with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into the Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again, or simply let your Bible fall open. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you'll join me again next time on The Open Word. Make us home.